Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm your host, Tish. Journey with me as I talk to everyday people about how Christ changed their life. Donna, introduce yourself. Yes. Um, Donna. Uh-huh. And I am a wife. About six and a half years we've been married and a mama. I've got two beautiful babies. Um, little girl, she's three. Her name is Noah and she just turned three. So she is officially a three-nager and it's showing. And I've got an 18-month-old. His name is Ian and he is, uh, he's special. He's just something special. Um, and then we are going to have our third Amen. So we're super Congrats. excited. And then we're done. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so you say. <laughs> Please, Jesus, let's be done. <laughs> I love it. So that's I love me. it. Yeah. So that's you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we definitely, I have an icebreaker question. Okay. 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 Are you more of a country girl or city girl? Gosh, that's a great question. I think my heart is more of a country girl. Um, I, when I was little, I grew up on a farm, uh, fresh air, big, you know, beautiful fields of grass and plants and whatnot. But um, in reality, I think the city is so much more convenient now that I'm, you know, sort of a middle-aged adult, I don't know. And um, the conveniences of the city are great when you've got a young family, when you need to be working, and you know you need to have um, food every day that you don't grow, <laughs> and so things like that. So it's, it's tough. I think my heart would love to be in the country, you know, let the kids run all day and be like, supper's done, you know? <laughs> That's so little triangle. I would honestly have to supper. agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Hello, come on in. You know, here you can't. It's like cement walls all around and it kind of drives me crazy, but right. there's so many conveniences at this point of our lives, so... Yeah. Here we are. Go ahead, Lisa. Introduce yourself. Give us a little. Oh, snip my of name you. is Lisa. I have a daughter. She's seven months. First daughter, and her name is Amari. I am married. I've been married for about four and a half years now. My husband's a pastor, and I'm just excited about the journey that God continues to take me in. I wasn't always saved. I had a crazy life, made crazy decisions, a lot of mistakes, but I'm glad that I found Christ, and I'm here today. I guess I really want to know, what is your journey? Uh, Yes, um, so... Unlike you, I was born into the faith, um, born into a family that really sought Christ's heart and sought to do his will. However, we, I'm Romanian, and I was born into the Romanian Pentecostal church. And with that came so many rules and regulations. And I think a lot of it was because of the culture and this idea that you physically had to be different than your neighbor who wasn't a Christ follower. Mm. So that meant looking different, you know, the whole skirts and headscarves. And it started to focus more on the outside than the inside. And so it became this um, set of uh, check boxes that you had to get through to feel like you belonged into the church and to feel like other people saw you as a Christ follower. So, you know, you had to no makeup, no jewelry, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, d- skirts at church, headscarves once you were a certain age. You could take communion until you were baptized. You can baptize until you got the gift of the speaking in tongues with the Holy Spirit. Right. And then, it, so it's all these things you kind of had to check off. And um, without those things, you weren't really considered a Christ follower. So it never really was emphasized that you had to make that choice, that you had to allow Christ into your heart and really um, have a one-on-one relationship with right. him, you know? So I grew up thinking I was okay. Um, a big part of my journey was, for some reason, I still can't put my finger on it, but um, I had a really, really rough relationship with my mom. I was a third out of four kids, and it always felt like I was the black sheep. 
um, I was doing things differently than my older sister and the baby, you know, she kind of had free reign. And then the second kid was a boy, so just can't compare. So uh, I don't know. It was just, I felt like my mom didn't like me. Mm-hmm. She didn't trust me. She didn't believe that I wanted to be a Christ follower. She had questions for everything I did, even to the point where at a, at a certain time in my life, I thought she was jealous of my relationship relationship with my dad. My dad and I have always been super close and I'm going to say it, but I'm his favorite. So (laughs) (laughs) no offense, siblings. (laughs) They would probably tell you the same if put on. We all think we're the favorite. So um, I don't know. It was so weird. And so we combated and I swore to myself at a young age that I would be different than she would be. And that meant a lot of things. It meant looking different, acting different, making different choices. And so uh, there's a lot of pushback. And so when it was time for me to go to college, I went far, far away. I distanced myself from everybody and actually didn't come home for the first entire nine months of my first freshman year. And in college, I was definitely combated with who was I and who was Christ to me. And I figured out that we weren't as close as I thought we were. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenges of life and the the, um, the choices I had to make were not uh, turning out to be what Christ would have wanted for me, I believe, yes, you know. Yes. And so I blamed a lot of that on my mom, of course, um, because I kept saying she didn't teach me, she didn't talk to me, she didn't tell me, you know, mm. there's no voice in my head. But it wasn't her responsibility at that point. I was a young adult, you know. I, I feel now that had I really made that decision to have that relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit would have led me had I had led him. Um, so I actually didn't choose Christ on my own until my senior year of college. I came back to Arizona, and the girls here were doing um, a lot, kind of like a young women's revival thing. Right. And I went to a camp kind of meeting with them and totally gave my life to Christ when I was, I think I was just about to turn 22. So life became very different and um, uh, than that. And I ended up being forced to come back to Arizona. I hated it here. Yeah. Hated it. But God left really no choice for me. And I ended up coming here, which was awesome because um, several months later after that, my brother ended up passing away. And had I not been okay. here, so I came back here in 2004, May. He passed away in December of 2004. Um, and for those little uh, months that we that we had with him left we were living together in my parents house okay. and so I got that yeah. I got that right. and then several years later I met my husband and um, he uh, <laughs> he's he's American and if you know anything about the Romanian community um, that's a big no-no. Yeah. Intercultural marriage right. is huge. So that then sparked a whole nother huge fight, like a two-year fight with my mom. Um, she almost didn't come to the wedding. She, it was awful, awful. But I, at that point, had um, figured out how to try and be obedient, obedient to Christ. I wasn't always successful, but... Um, Whoever is. Right. Yeah, who is, right? <laughs> who is? But I felt like I could hear his voice and this was the path for me and so I fought tooth and nail to marry this guy mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I did you know awesome. um, you were and, obedient to Christ yeah I, I I totally felt like this this was the man for me right. I was older I was um, almost 30 and again in the remaining committee there's like no hope after you're like 25 <laughs> <laughs> there's no hope you're an old age like, yeah totally I I mean and I was living on my own which nobody did I bought a house which nobody did awesome. you don't leave your parents yeah. house until you're married you mm-hmm. go from your parents to your husband's right um so all these kind of I think really solidified the idea of black sheep to my mom and we just had this right. Fight, 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 fight. And so um, uh, we, my husband and I, after about three years of marriage, we ended up getting pregnant. We had our beautiful baby girl. God was so faithful through all of it. I was working full time and I actually was crazy sick with her. I ended up being hospitalized. But through all of it, uh, this resounding um, 
faithfulness just was there day Amen. in and day out, right. day in and that, right. day in and day out, excuse me, um, where at times I felt like, man, this was <laughs> the wrong decision to have kids. <laughs> Holy smokes. But um, <laughs> it's always in our hard moments yeah. and in our most painful times that we're like, should I have done should this, I God? Have, yes. But it's in those yeah. moments that we have to let go and yeah. let God. And then he shows us right. the light of yes. your faithfulness is awesome and I'm going to reward you for yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, with the struggle I had with my mom, I had sort of, sort of swore into myself that I wasn't going to have kids. I was so afraid of turning into her. <laughs> um, gosh, I'm painting her out to be really bad. No, 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 no you're not. not. That's but I just not was so afraid that right. I would perpetuate this relationship that I had with her into my right. life. And so I swore up and down that I would not have kids. And then somehow I had a huge heart change. And then but we God. had a daughter. Yeah. God, 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 it's totally him. Um, so my daughter was born in January. In April of that year, out of nowhere, although it wasn't out of nowhere, it was out of nowhere to us. Right. Um, my mom was diagnosed diagnosed with cancer um okay. uterine cancer okay. and um i it was just a shock it was it was a complete shock nobody in my family had cancer um that was not a word you heard around us right i don't know it, it was it was crazy and so everybody we all believed she'd be healed we all believed right. that she would be miraculously healed so she didn't end up going through chemo or anything like that she just we we had faith in September of that year, my husband and I, I think again, God, God's calling, we moved in with them. They needed help. My mom and dad needed help. My husband was staying home, taking care of our daughter, and I was working full time. So we moved in in September. And um, just like when I came back to Arizona and got to spend time with my brother before he died, mm-hmm. wow. we got to do that with mom. I got to do that with mom. And she got to do that with Noah. Right, right, <laughs> like right, Noah yes. was right. such a um, light and yes. such a joy in the midst of what you could smell in the air was yes. death. Right. You yes. know? And so there's this beautiful life and my mom adored her. Oh. She was just So she went she happy. Special. Yeah. yeah. God took her and gave her joy yes. before he took her. Yes. To be and at a better place. To yes. be at a better place. Yeah. So the next January, she passed away. Okay. How did, how does, how was the relationship with your mom towards the end? We tried so hard, I think, to reconcile a lot of the things. But I also felt like I was being called to give her grace, mm, to give yeah. forgiveness, and to let go of so much anger and bitterness and um, fault finding. Right. You know? Um, and how did that look? How did you do that? Um, kindness where there had not been kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, affection, physical affection where there hadn't been. Right. Um, quality time where there had been sort of like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to mm. talk to you unless I need you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you right. know? And so come home after work and spend time with her. Um, she was in a tremendous amount of pain, and so she always wanted to be massaged. Right. And so I, I try and do that as much as possible. Sit and talk to her without being judgmental. Right. Because still, even at this point, um, we all, some of us, believed that she would be healed. And so it, it was there's, too far gone. Yeah, right. way they too caught far. it way too late. Yes, way too late. It was everywhere. Right. And but even in in those moments, um, she was still. She, I I sort of expect her to change a little bit, you know, mm. to so figure out the really important things. Yeah. yeah, you know, and in my opinion, she didn't. Right. She was still very judgmental, very. Um, uh, gosh, very rule oriented. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but <laughs> do you think that, that that was more of her upbringing, or do you think that that was the parallels with the Pentecostal church? Right. I was just going to ask that. 
I think more of the parallels of the, the Pentecostal church because my grandma's not quite like that, you know, yeah, yeah. and her sister is not quite like that, mm-hmm. you know, and her brother. And so something was different with mom. But I remember at a point where she called me and my two sisters, my older sister is very much old school Pentecostal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my younger sister's not. She's more like she's more like me. She called us into the room and basically told my younger sister and I that um, she believed that if we repented of our lifestyles, that God would heal her, mm. which meant She's... take out our earrings, stop right, wearing jewelry, right. start wearing the skirts, start wearing the scarves, all that stuff. And I think we were in disbelief. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no relationship with there's Christ. No, yes. I mean... It, what it's else all is there? False. Is it right? It's false. When there's no relationship with Christ, it's all false. I mean, it cannot stand. There's no foundation. Right. There's no. You know? It's a lot of confusion. It's a lot. It's like little pieces that are trying to stick together, but when you try to land, it all cracks. Right. Because it's the not the rock. I really expected on quote unquote my mom's deathbed that her eyes would kind of be opened to to the heart matter more, but she couldn't separate the two. Right. You know, she felt like because I have my ears pierced, my heart wasn't right with Christ. Okay. And so in those moments, I had to say, I have to give you grace because you, I believe she had a relationship with Christ. I do. Yes. You know, and right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the judge of that. Right. You right. Know? Right. And so I had to say, um, I'm not going to hold this. I'm not going to be embittered by mm-hmm. it. I'm going to let you and Jesus figure that out. Right. But you don't get to tell me that I don't have a relationship with the relationship with, with Christ because of the way I'm looking to you. Right. You know, that's, I, that's not her call. I yeah, that's yes. not your call. You don't know. You don't know my heart. You've not taken the time. And maybe I've not taken the time to know yours either, you know. And so... So I got a question for yeah. you. Did you feel the peace and serenity from God after you said, you know what, uh, fleshly, I have every right to be upset with my mother and to be bitter and to be hurting, but because I want to be free and I want to please the Lord, I'm going to have grace and I'm going to forgive, see past her faults and love her just for who she yeah. is did you feel the sense of peace because that's exactly what god asked us to do and yeah. that's one of the hardest things yeah. to do especially <laughs> totally. with a mother-daughter relationship yeah. so how did you feel after you gave her that grace you know that's interesting i did feel a lot of peace and i felt calmness when she ended up passing away obviously it was awful and devastating but i i felt I felt okay with it. I know that's weird to say. I had a very different reaction than my siblings, possibly also because of my relationship, but I felt like she was in a better place. We were okay. And I let her go to Jesus. Right. You know, I right. let her go. And she would always be my mom, yes. always. And I would always have this void, but it was okay. Right. I think one of the things that's interesting as it, you know, draws up onto two plus years of her being gone is that once in a while i think satan brings back things from the past so those are the lies that yes right and and i feel like he's like jabbing me with things that at times feel like weren't resolved even though i felt like we did resolve them before she passed away you know but there's like little jabs of she did this or I can't believe this and I'm like this and so the blame and the resentment tries to creep back and it's it takes the Holy Spirit to be like no right because he's trying to keep your focus he's trying to bring you back to being bitter yeah Yeah. to that embitterment and I think that would seep into everything Mm. you know I cannot let that happen right this has been done you know it's it's been forgiven it's been let go and there's peace you know so let's not get that riled up because it's gone right yeah and that's one thing that i want people to understand what is it that you do when that comes up because those are lies that the enemy tries to tell us he tells us those lies because then our focus is not on christ right our focus is then on ourselves, you know, um, our our kingdom, our little kingdom, right. instead right. of for God's kingdom. kingdom. We're worried about and on the lie, kingdom, all right. those lies. The lie. 
what is it that you do do when those things come so up? One of the things I do that may seem silly is um, I talk to myself out loud. Okay. I think there's... Yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> I know you do, Lisa. I try to speak truth because I feel there's so much power in the spoken word. There's obviously tons of power in the written right. word from Christ. And so you speak that to yourself out loud. If you have to, yes, you know, and I, I'd love to be better about jotting things down, but I'm not. So um, I have to speak it out loud to myself. I have to remind myself of what's true. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so you do that repeatedly until I feel like Satan just has to flee. Right. You know, so he has no choice. We have no power choice. over him. Yeah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In yeah. The name and, of Jesus. you know, you call on the blood of Christ. Yep. You are covered by the blood of Christ. And so you claim that. Yeah. You claim yep. that in those moments of darkness. You and have to. That's the awesome part about it. People don't realize we have so much power yeah. in the tongue. The, I yeah, was telling Tish totally. the other day, sticks and stones, that is the biggest <laughs> lie. lie in the world. <laughs> like, the flesh, God gave the us so much power in the tongue. And Double we have sword. so much control over our situation because what you speak, you hear it. And yes. there's power in the mind yes. as well. So I people, pray out loud. When you do that and you're honest with yourself, it also reveals your heart. Yes. You you know, that's what that's yes. what comes out of that. That's the the Bible says defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart. Now it goes into in. your mouth and all that stuff and what you look like and all that stuff. It's it's what's in here. And so when you speak that, you can also kind of re-empower um, the Holy Spirit to yes. live in your heart right. and to take control and to fill those spaces. Right yes, yeah. definitely. So, yes. Yeah. And it gives us the power to bind Satan up. Because when you're sewed up in the, uh, deep in the hole, you, you can't look up and see Jesus. Right. You know, it's covered with rubbish yeah you know? so, so yeah yeah this let's, is crazy. Lo- let's talk about that let's talk about that with everything that from your mother's passing you found peace your brother passed before her or after her way before her he's been gone uh f- almost 14 years wow. and okay. she's been gone just a little over two all right how so. many years apart are you and your brother chris and i were 18 months apart Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Really mm-hmm. close. That's mm-hmm. like my babies, my yeah. two older ones. Super so close. if you don't mind me asking, was it unexpected or did you guys, like, was it just out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. He oh. went on a trip and there was a car accident. Oh, and, um, my goodness. Yeah. I was the first in the family to get the phone call that he passed. Yeah. How old was oh he? Oh, my gosh. He was 24. Oh, he was, was awful. So that's going to, we're going to save that for another episode because I am going to, we're going to talk about grief. Yes, most definitely. We're definitely going to talk about grief because there's um, that process. A lot. A lot of people think that they're losing their mind. Yes. But through Christ, I can tell you, we can overcome Most definitely. Anything. Most definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about grief. Yeah. Because, yeah <laughs> There's yeah, a lot I to almost, say about grief yeah, and a lot, lot of choices to be made in the middle of grief. Yes. Now, I do want to ask something real quick, going back on when you were talking about finally going to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the reason you felt so disconnected with Christ was because everything that was being pushed on you was human expectations? So when you went to college, you kind of just lashed out. Gosh, yeah. did you blame um, God for that question. or did you blame the family? I sort of blamed the family. I didn't, I didn't blame God because at that point I thought we were okay. And I didn't wake up to the fact that we weren't until I had distanced myself from him, right. including and the family, um, to the point where I, I didn't talk to him. Right. You know, I wasn't going to church and I, I didn't have a car and my school was Catholic and I, I wasn't. And so I, I didn't like mass. I wasn't going to go to mass. I didn't right. really believe a lot of right. the traditions and so right. I didn't want to get immersed in that and so I thought I was gonna kind of have church myself me myself <laughs> and I, you know? and, yeah which is I mean, okay yeah <laughs> I mean it is but not for a long term right. I, mean, I needed community and like-minded believers and I had none oh, oh and let's so touch on that yeah, let's touch on that community. because because that's some people's belief that they don't have to go to church. They can watch it on TV on Sundays. Yeah, yes. That it's between... <laughs> me and God. Their, me and God. Yeah, that relationship's between me and God. Is that kind of the idea that you had? It was. Okay. It, it was that heart. I could do this on my own. Yeah. Okay. That, you know... How'd that work out commu- for you? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. 
Well, God gives us people. He gives us the church for yeah. a reason. Yeah. God created the church. So well, I had such a bad experience right. with the, the church, church. Right. the church. community yes. that I thought for sure me, myself, and I this would be better. Right. Yes. Yeah. All of this, you know, I had, I think I had my first uh, taste of alcohol when I was like, I don't know, over 18 or something. And um, everything in college comes at you. You know, yeah. I was yeah, does, very, yeah, I was very focused on grades and getting a scholarship and all that stuff in high school. So I was very, you know, it wasn't like out here. I was concentrated on my schoolwork and, and activities and all that stuff college you're like i already got in you know right. and i mean but i had the to, world's different yeah it's a different world it totally is and the freedoms you know right. i wasn't having my mom being like where were you right. i don't believe you're at basketball practice you know <laughs> um i could do whatever i wanted i had no accountability at all right and so i started okay well everyone's doing this everyone's doing this everyone's going here let me try it Mm-hmm. Let me mm-hmm. see what that feels like, what that looks like. And it was fun. And slowly, I was like, you know, and never talking about God anymore, never really bringing him up, never reading my Bible anymore. Slowly, slowly dwindling away. Slowly, slowly. away. But with that being said, did you always know he was with you? I never doubted he was with me. Mm-hmm. I never doubted he left me. Sometimes I wish he would have. Right. Because it was kind of an inconvenience at times. Okay. You know, to have... A little bit of the conscience. Uh, the so there was no conviction going. anymore because you kind of just... Slowly the conviction went away. Right. It was easier to tell myself, um, this this is okay, you know? And it's crazy because sometimes I think people have this belief where if God's not convicting me, I'm not doing nothing oh, wrong. Baloney. But it's all in the state of mind and it's all if you're letting God in. Yeah, like the Lord you, has to reveal right, the sin Right, he has to reveal heart, the sin in your heart, period. Yeah. Right. And... Just because you think that the that the Holy Spirit and that God isn't convicting yeah. you doesn't mean the Bible goes away. Right, exactly. You know, you've yeah. got you've got yes, this word of Christ, right. this word of God that tells you how you should be living it and right. what your heart should look like. And just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not true. I love that right. you say that. That is a beautiful. It, I love statement. that you say. Yeah. That. Well, I'll be for, I'll be the first one to say when I first became Christian, that was I mean, work in progress. Yeah. I became a We're Christian. Always a work in progress. For, always right. On the journey Forever. To I became a Christian for the wrong reason. I want to look good to them, so let me get baptized. <laughs> Having no idea How what it be. Meant. Right. But the longest time, I remember I told myself, well, I don't feel convicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know God now. I'm getting to know him. I'm a babe in Christ. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll understand. Oof, but yeah. people forget to realize, when you know better, you do better. Yes. So when, yes. obviously, yes. Yes. You are obviously I knew something when I got yes. baptized because they're asking you, you know, the questions. Yes. So... God already knew that I knew right from wrong. Right. I wasn't in depth in the in the Bible, but I knew what was right and what was wrong. Funny the <laughs> lies that we, we tell, ourselves. tell ourselves and the lies that Satan can get past us. Right. Otherwise, very intelligent women. Right. You yes. know, like, oh, I, I'm smarter yes. than this. Yes. I'm logically more capable of drawing a connection from here to here. And yet somehow Satan comes in the middle and kind of says, well, look at it this way. Yes. God totally tries to he'll convince you. you know, Yes, yeah. God, 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 God will look Did all God past that. really God. say not to eat of that oh tree? Right. right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is he. It is his craftiest little maneuver. Yeah. And you people know, don't realize a word. He knows the word front yes. and back. So you gotta be on your game mm. on it because you gotta be on your game. he's on his. Obviously, yeah. look at the world that we're living in today. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's like it's That's so a important. Whole show. Yeah, <laughs> the whole another story right there. Oh my there. gosh, let's not go there. But I grew. I grew. And, you know, God says just like a baby turns into a toddler and into Mm. a child and into an adult, we have to do the same thing in our word. We can't be babes in Christ forever. There's no excuse. There is no no excuse. excuse. You either choose to want to learn or you don't. And if God doesn't take away the the consequences of your actions, you know, he forgives you. Yes. Right, because he's you know because he wants to and he'll have grace yes, over and, those consequences. Yes. yes, but we live in a fallen world full of consequences. Right. That doesn't go away. You Absolutely. Know? Not to say we still won't go through things. There is oh, some totally. storms that he'll make us go through, like Job, yeah. because have, he wants want, us yeah. right. He wants us to learn about ourselves. Yeah. You made it through college. Made it through college. Made yeah. it through my mom passing. Made and it your brother. Your mom passing. My brother. My mom passing. The crazy so, turning your, getting married. Right. <laughs> yeah. Getting Not turning married. your back on. 
on God. No, but distancing yeah, yourself. Totally. But you continue to grow after yeah. that. When you realized in college that this isn't working out, what would, what was it that made you Click. say, uh-uh, this isn't right? <laughs> I got to hear that. Uh, it's interesting. It was months before the whole thing happened in January uh, with the girls group here. So the summer after my junior year, I came home and I was dating this guy who was a senior uh, going to the school across the street. He was he had really nothing to do with God. Well, nothing. nothing. He was whatsoever. Catholic, but he wasn't. And so we had been dating for quite a while, I think over a year by then. He had just graduated. I was home and I was telling my little sister about him. And I remember her and I having a conversation. So she's five years younger, this little smarty pants. We were having a conversation about him. You know, I, t- I told her that he he doesn't really believe in Jesus like we were taught to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or supposed to or anything have that relationship with him that was okay and that maybe I would probably end up marrying this guy and she broke down sobbing and said how can you even think of marrying somebody that doesn't love Jesus how could you think that that would be okay that that God would be pleased with that and I was like well I don't know I think I love him you know we've gone down this path where I feel like I can't turn around you know and breaking up with him isn't really an option and he's you know convinced yourself yes totally totally convinced myself and that summer I don't know it was the Holy Spirit totally speaking through her um I ended up breaking up with him you know and he was devastated he said I thought you were the one and all this stuff I kind of just shut the door on him and said something has to change didn't figure out that there was this divide that I had created between Jesus and I until it kind of came full circle um, that next January at the girls retreat where I was in the midst of all these young women who were living for Jesus Mm -hmm. and that they thought I was too. They did. They didn't know oh me. I was yeah. away at college, 2,000 yeah. miles away. Yeah. They didn't know me. They knew me as Georgina's older sister. You know, I had been here for one year in high school before I went. Yeah. yeah. To, before I went to college, they had no idea what I had become. You know, it, it was easy to talk like them because I had grown right. up like that. I didn't forget the language, right. you know, but my heart was so hardened and different. I realized at that, we they was, it was called Girls of God, at that Gog retreat, <laughs> that I had to say yes to Jesus. Yes. That I had to come back and I said to Jesus, no matter how hard it gets to serve you, I will never leave you again. I will never leave you again. I don't care how hard it is. Being a Christian is not easy. It's the hardest thing I think I've ever chosen that God has given his grace and called me to do. I don't care. And there's strengthens us in those. Yeah. And there are times in my life when I have to say that again. Right. (laughs) Oh, yes. You know, (laughs) because once I've said that, Everything's once so that's the year Chris died. Okay. Okay. I moved out the next year. Grieving was awful. It was awful. Um, then I met Case. The whole thing with the two years of awfulness. Of so you guys were together for two years. We were together for two years before we got married. Okay. We were together for a year, engaged for a year, and then got okay. married. How did you meet him? <laughs> I actually met Case for the first time on I think it was November November seventh, two thousand four. So about a month before Chris died, at a Jars of Clay concert. Oh, really? I loved, still do, but old school Jars of Clay. Oh my gosh, he was there with his girlfriend, one of the girls. <laughs> In Girls of God, one of the oh, leaders of Girls of God. I always thought it was cool. It was like the first of our Romanian friends to be dating an American. Him and I got along really well. They dated for about two and a half years on and off. Then we're off for about two years before we got we okay. got together. So I knew him for quite a while. Okay. And he met Chris and he was there for the funeral. He was there and Chris died. It was really cool. So he kind of knew all that history. So you've known him for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I've known him. Okay. Yeah, we didn't get married till 2011, and we met in 2004. Okay. Oh my um, goodness. Wow. Yeah. So we okay. were friends like 
anytime we would lose connection, somehow we'd meet up again. Because God knew. Yeah. God God knew, yes. Right. And so we were, he moved away and he came back and we were both attending CCV and we would always go by ourselves because I was living a little bit by myself. I had a roommate for a period of time, but I would go to church by myself and he would go to church by himself and we would be like, hey, let's sit together. You know, and then then he sent me up on a blind date with a friend of his from church. <laughs> he and said that's funny. Because yes. <laughs> we were really good friends, you know. I was like yeah. admired him. I always thought he was like cute, but I never was attracted to him. Okay. Never. Okay. Never, 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 never. And I was up and down accused of that. And he was up and down accused of that feeling that I to me. But we didn't have that. We were just mm-hmm. friends. So that blind date didn't work out and I was like, case help me figure out how to tell him no like i'm not going on a second date you know and so that's your friend dude yeah yeah like help me out run interference (laughs) so we were at this like young um young singles thingy with ccv uh one night and he came kind of to rescue me i like begged him i was like case you gotta come this thing I don't know what to do with this guy like i don't want it to be awkward you need to be like you know the mediator and i was there with a friend and we were leaving case walked us out to the car and after we got in the car, my friend said to me, why don't you like Case? Mm-hmm. He meets all the criteria, which was silly yeah, criteria. Yeah. He had to be able to pick me up. <laughs> and he had to be an American citizen, which is silly. <laughs> it's only because I'm Romanian and, like, you know, there's issues yes, with marrying yes. for a visa. And <laughs> like, like, you gotta be American. Yeah. He's got to be American. It's yeah. on the list. He has to be a citizen. I don't care. He just has to be a citizen. He has to be legal. I was like, I don't know why I don't like Case. Like, he was single. He, You know, something. I God. Again, God. Um, and I was studying for a really hardcore professional test. And he was in, in college. He's a perpetual student. Like, a week or so later, I told my sister. And she's like, Donna, don't mess around. Don't mess around with him. You know, you need to be 100% sure of what you're feeling before you go down that path. Because we, again, because of all the accusation back right. and forth from years before of like us liking each other while he was dating this other girl, right. which is not the case. So I started asking him to help me study at Barnes Noble. And I was like, shoot, now, how do you how do you flirt again? Like, I haven't dated anyone in years. You know, I was so I was so focused on work. I was career driven. I thought maybe I wasn't gonna get married, which was fine. I loved what I did, you know. And so I literally would like sit there twirling my hair and you know wearing like cute yoga pants (laughs) to study. And I, poor, I mean, he noticed my uh, efforts. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously. And, you know, the rest is history. Isn't I it know. amazing how God works? Totally. I like, I like the light switch. Yeah. Oh, my because gosh. Because it's like it was. the groundwork had been laid yeah. out for so long. God knew it wasn't it was time. time. Yes. And when it was time. Totally. And we didn't know that that was happening. So it's been amazing to look back at life and say this domino led to this and this domino to that. Um, and it's all been God's faithfulness. Awesome. I feel like the theme of my life is God is faithful. Yes. God yes. is yes. faithful. And yes continues to be to be because yeah. i feel like once i started fighting for the things that god was leading me to do they, life got hard life yeah. got hard we're rooted in the word yeah. we're able to see the joy and the blessings yeah. out of the hard that yeah. we go through well it's funny how the the enemy doesn't even mess with you when you're in the world right oh, totally at all totally. Uh-uh, uh, he leaves it, you alone yeah. he doesn't care you're not he the enemy care. you're not his enemy it was Thing after thing after thing after really, like, I feel like I decided Christ is it, you know? So mom died in February. We found out we were pregnant. It was a surprise because, no, I had just turned one. And oh, so we with really your second? Wanted, okay. Yeah, with my second one. In March, um, before we even got to tell her that we were having our second, Case's mom died oh, of wow. an unexpected heart um, heart attack. Okay. Um, so we were still living with dad and, um, then Ian was born, um, 15 weeks early, completely as a surprise. He's born at 25 weeks. I mean, I was going along fine with the pregnancy. And then the Tuesday afternoon at work, I was working full time. Tuesday afternoon at work, I started having some pain. And he was born Thursday morning at 12, 21 wow. a.m. Oh, my goodness. Uh, How much did he weigh? Um, 850 grams, which is wow. 115 ounces. Word. It was 13 inches long. And um, I had no idea if he was going to live. Yes. You know, no oh. idea if he was going to live. Uh, Take us through that. It, I still feel like it's a bit of a twilight zone. I, it's so hard. Actually, this is the first time I've publicly spoken about this. I, I haven't had the courage. But he, so I went in. <laughs> I totally thought I had some sort of infection. 
which mm-hmm. is why I was having pain. They put me on the monitor and they said, no, you're having contractions. And like the world stopped. What do you mean I'm having contractions? I'm 25 weeks along. Right. What What do you mean? So they gave me an injection. Contractions slowed down. And they sent me home from triage that night. They this did. was, yeah, this was. They didn't keep you over. Wednesday morning. No, they didn't. Wow. The doctor said, you know, go into our office tomorrow. So like, we got home at like two in the morning. At 4.30, I sat up in bed and the contractions were 34 minutes apart um rushed back to triage and like everyone was all over you wow. you know um let's get you the steroid shot mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this baby might be coming Amazing. and lungs are completely underdeveloped um right. you know let's get you into the hospital let's get you this medication to slow down the contractions and, and then yeah it was crazy and, and then the midwife and the doctor thought they had it under control contractions were like 10 minutes apart i could barely feel anything i sent case home i said go home you can't sleep here right. wednesday night mm-hmm. um you know these hospitals are awful and he's a big guy and it was super uncomfortable right. so he home and I went home at around 8 30 at night and i set up to call the nurse i sat in bed to call the nurse because my iv thing was beeping and it was annoying and i sat back down in the bed and my water broke Whoa. at like 9 oh, something Lord. p.m what did you feel in that moment? I was in shock. I was in complete shock. Like, how can this be happening? Like, that was my water. My water just broke. I bet you were terrified. I was so scared. And, and I, at one point, a little bit later on, my body literally went into shock to where I couldn't stop shaking. My legs were, like, Ugh. violently shaking. And I had to hold them with all my upper body strength to stop. It just went, my body went into shock. So I called Case, get back here. My water broke. He he was like, I've never driven faster through Sun City in my life. Because I delivered at Del Webb. But it was dead. Like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, no one's out in Sun City. So Especially in Sun City. Yeah. The midwife gets there and she's in shock. She's just like, I I had, I did not anticipate this. I did not anticipate that you would have this baby. I think everybody thought right. I'd be on bed rest for a right. while, you know? Um. So then they called ground transport because Del Webb, where I was at, which is where I was going to deliver at full term, they can't take babies under right. 32 weeks, uh, I think. okay. So it's going to be ground transported, ground transported either to Thunderbird or Good Sam. So then they checked me and they said, cancel ground transport. We need Airy back. Wow. <laughs> this baby's coming word. now. Yeah. So um, as soon as the Airy back uh, people got there, uh, I started pushing and he was born at 1221 a.m. Case was there by that Wait, time. Wait, were you in the air- helicopter when it happened? No. Or yeah. they had okay. just no, gotten they had, you? There. You had already gotten yeah. to the hospital. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, I was still at that wow. web. They couldn't, they, they weren't there fast enough. And it was too risky. They thought the risk of me delivering in the helicopter was too great. Right, right. Right, so they couldn't put me in there. Um, So Case was there. Case tells the story that Ian came out and he was navy blue, like Mm -hmm. navy blue. And he said the room stopped for like, you know, it seemed like eternity, but it was probably, you know, three seconds. Right, right. And Ian took two breaths and he started crying yes that's but that in yes. Yes. and then boom the room went into action but god I, but, but yes god. oh god you know get him with this injection with this thingy whatever for his lungs and you know they rushed him off um and i don't know what they did case went with him uh, i don't know and then about an hour or so later they brought my little baby in the isolate so i could meet him oh, yeah. so, oh my god <laughs> i mean you couldn't believe how he was little he was yes. oh i couldn't believe it i stuck my hand in there and i touched him and he touched me Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think I don't know what I was feeling and what I was thinking. I was still, I was still in shock. Like this is my baby. Is he gonna make it? Is mm-hmm. he was? He looked like a baby bird, you know, that has no fur or feathers, right. feathers, nothing, <laughs> no fur, no fur. Yes. nothing on him. Like he was very scary. like translucent. Yeah. Very, you could see his veins. You could see wow. everything. His eyes were still fused. Mm. Um, you know, he was covered in bandages and, and monitors and this little thing in this big isolate. That was nothing but God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. But how old is he now? He is 18 months old. But God. Oh, my. He is amazing. God. Yep. I would be stoned before I, you know, 
said that wasn't true. Oh my God. No, God was, and he has been. He, so through that, even after he was born, oh, what did that look like right. for you and your husband? Oh, it was crisis mode. It, it was. We relied on God, each other, and the church community was amazing. I feel like we had our head down so that we could get through day to day. I was still, I had to go back to work two weeks after I had him. Wow. So, so that I, I, it was a decision because then I could take, I got six weeks total so that I could take four weeks when he came home because that transition of him coming home, we didn't know what that would look like. Right. We didn't know what was wrong with him. We didn't know. He was in the Thunderbird NICU for 104 days. Turns out, this is God. There's nothing wrong with the little guy. There was nothing wrong with his organs. Nothing wrong. There are no brain bleeds. Yes, There's no, um, no infection. I mean, he had a couple things that he got in the NICU because he was in the little. NICU. Right. You know, and stuff happens. There's nothing wrong with him. He he did end up having to have a G-tube for feeding. God's grace. We got that sucker out before it had been um, even a year old of him having oh, it, yes. which is very unusual. I was able to quit work the January after he was born and Case went back to work and I was God's grace and ability and faithfulness. Yes, yes God. Faithfulness. You know, faithfulness. Um, I was able to, to nurse him. Yeah. You know, it to took six him. months, okay, six months from when he was, when he came home to when I was able to, we cold turkey went to nursing. I hadn't used the tube since April 3rd of last year. We were able to, it's gone. The G-tube is gone. Yeah. He is still working with physical therapy to learn and walk. He's smart. He's funny. He has a purpose. Amen. He has a yes, huge he does. purpose. Yes, he does. He has a huge so, purpose. So even with all of that, being raised in the church, your view of the church, your relationship with Christ, going into college, being so far removed because of what you experienced, you know, then your mother, your brother, finding case, your son, they weren't just little something. They're huge. They were huge things. But through it all, he was there. Faithful. I Every, every step, step of the way. Who was there every step of the way? In the details and the big things. Yeah. In, in the, the little, details little and... details into the what nurses he had. Being able to on occasion speak about our faith to the nurses. You know, to the fact that <laughs> there's really nothing wrong with right. him. Right. Like he does. It's not diagnosed anything. Right. Nothing. You know? nothing. 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 He can see. He can hear. Awesome. He can eat. He can. Um. He's babbling away. He took like, 15 steps yesterday. Awesome. <laughs> you know. I, <sighs> There's nothing wrong with him. Right. That is God. God. You yes. don't really hear about five, 25 weekers walking away no, with nothing. Not no, a scratch, no, really. No, no, no. You don't. One of the big things that my brain has walked away with as far as uh, <laughs> absolute awesomeness of, of Jesus is how, and I know that everybody knows this, it's been reiterated, how brilliant yes. he is. Yes. I mean, there's just no comparison. We saw my son develop from 26 to what it would have been 40 weeks outside of the womb. Wow. We saw the miracle of development. What that would have been in the amazing. womb? I mean, from this little kid not being able to open his eyes, okay? His eyelids so were walking. fused. Yes. But even like just watching the stages. Yes, right. watching the stages. Outside you never of the outside of the womb. Do we get that? On a he was in he was I was still in the first second, excuse me, second trimester yes. when he yes. was born. We saw the entire third trimester okay. outside wow. of, wow. of what happens. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so somewhere, somewhere this kid's gonna have some sort of amazing testimony against things like abortion, late term abortions and, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. everything. Yes. yes. Who knows? Purpose. This kid, all he needed was yeah. time and nutrients, you know? Yeah. And faithful parents and, of yes, God. Yes, and Jesus. Through all of that journey, we saw how is it that you do preach the gospel to yourself? I think it has been sharing the story honestly, one-on-one. -on -one. I haven't done it in a public right. domain before. That's yeah. God. You know? Because there's somebody yes. out there that needs to hear that yes. story. Yes. I mean, and it's time. we need to hear the whole story, yeah. right? But there's bits and pieces yes. that each somebody will need that. Different people are going to take a little bit away from all of this. Right. That be, yep. And it's relatable to them. Yep. It's t It was Most time. definitely. And I think what's really cool about God is that from the beginning of time, He loved women like He loved men. I know that sounds funny. But I think a lot of women feel like we're not equal right. to men yeah, in God's yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. Baloney. Yep. 
My daughter is named after the woman who um, got, you know, property rights for women in the Old Testament. The God of what seemed like the guys said yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, women can inherit property. And, Mm -hmm. like, throughout history, he has said, yes, woman, I love you. I love you. I I love you. you. I love you. You're no no different, you know? And, And I... I think that's so cool because uh, so much of today's world, especially women, are so an- anti-God thinking like he's a male chauvinist. Yes. Right. Give me a I'm break. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Give me a break. I'm glad she did. I'm glad Man. you said that. He I'm loves very us. glad you said that. Oh my goodness. He loves us women <laughs> so yes. much. Yeah. And it's he will so cool. use you to yeah. change the world. Yep. Right. You he doesn't be li- we maker. limit ourselves. Yeah. He doesn't limit yes. us. Yes. That just because it happened in the Bible, that was a different time. Time, yep. That was a different experience. We have Jesus in yeah. us. Yeah, Again, that's limiting God. Jesus. That's yes. different. That's better. Amen. Totally different. Yeah. Amen. So what are words of encouragement do you have for our listeners? Do not doubt God's faithfulness, even in, especially in the valleys. If he doesn't, one of my favorite recent songs is that I Will Trust in You by Lauren Daigle. If he doesn't part the waters that you're asking him to part, trust. Mm. There's a better better reason there's a better path the mountain is quickly up ahead you know it's it's closer up ahead than you you see it but not only that i think when we think we're in the valleys that it's a negative the valleys have such a bad connotation and association with them but the valley with jesus isn't bad right you know with his faithfulness the valley isn't bad um it can seem like that about the world standards. Right. But what he's doing on your inside is for eternity. It has implications for eternity. You know, it makes you seek his kingdom first. And I think that kind of repositions you to re reexamine your entire life. Right. What am I living for? Why am I living? You know, what's the, my ultimate goal? And who am I living and, for? Yeah, who am I living for? And God's faithfulness will never let you down. Amen. Never, yes. never let you down. Thank you for listening to Trust the Journey. For show notes, visit us at facebook.com forward slash trust the journey 316. For questions or comments or to inquire about being a guest on the show, email trustthejourney316 at gmail.com. I encourage you to embrace God's calling on your life. Our ministry begins with our testimony. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Until next time, I am Tish Goble signing out. Have a great day. Thank you.